Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At the end of the Civil War, the U.S. government was deeply in debt, both from the cost of fighting and the cost of reconstruction. When General Ulysses S. Grant was elected president in 1868, that debt had grown to $2.8 billion. That's in 1868 money. That would be around $103.8 billion in 2023 money. To help pay for the war, the government had begun issuing greenback dollars. These were not backed by gold or silver, but promised an unspecified future payment, some kind of coin, but you didn't know what. They had the effect, though, of driving up the price of gold. So Grant's administration pursued a policy of selling gold on a weekly basis to buy up wartime bonds. And by May 1869, the debt had been reduced to $12 million and the price of gold had been suppressed. All that cheap gold gave Jay Gould an idea. He was friends with Abel Corbin, who just happened to be married to Jenny Grant, the president's sister. If they could prevail on the president to stop selling gold, the price would start going up. And knowing that in advance, they could start buying up gold, driving the price up faster. If they timed it right, they could even possibly corner the gold market, get the gold market under their control, and get unreasonably rich. So Gould enlisted one of his fellow directors at the Erie Railroad. Yeah, that's the railroad on the Monopoly board. He was a director at the actual thing, along with James Fisk. James Fisk and Gould teamed up with the help of Abel Corbin to try to corner the gold market. On September 1st, 1869, they started buying up large amounts of gold under other people's names and driving up the price. Corbin planted the idea with Grant that selling gold from the U.S. Treasury was hurting Western farmers. They should probably suspend that plan. That worked, but they got greedy. And when Grant's personal secretary turned down an offer to open a gold account in his name... They opened it in his name anyway. And when he told the president about that, Grant started to figure out what was going on. On Friday, September 24th, 1869, the government resumed selling gold. Gold prices plummeted. And hundreds of people who were riding the gold wave along with Gould and Fisk lost 
everything. Stock prices plummeted 20% between that Friday and October 1st. Brokerage firms went bankrupt. Farmers really did get hurt this time, with wheat and corn prices dropping by half. The economic turmoil lasted for months, and in some cases, years. And it was all traced back to that one Friday, that dark, dark Friday, that Black Friday in September 1869. And it was that day that would, somewhat ironically, lend its name to what would become the biggest shopping day in the U.S. Let's help you know a little more about Black Friday. You can't talk about Black Friday in the U.S. without talking about the Thursday that created it, Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day was established by the U.S.'s first constitutional president, George Washington, in 1789 on the recommendation of Congress. President Washington proclaimed Thursday, November 26th, 1789, as a day of public thanksgiving. Thanksgiving days were proclaimed by subsequent presidents on a regular basis, but the dates varied. They weren't even always in November. They always weren't on Thursdays. It wasn't until 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, that President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed that Thanksgiving should be commemorated on the last Thursday of November each year. That regularity made it a nice signpost on the calendar. And retailers began promoting holiday shopping starting the day after Thanksgiving, on the Friday. Now, that pattern lasted until another economic depression, the Great One. In 1939, the economy was finally showing signs of recovery from the Great Depression. But Thanksgiving that year was going to fall on the very last day of November. And that meant the shortest possible holiday shopping season. meaning the smallest boost to the economy. So President Franklin D. Roosevelt issued a proclamation that Thanksgiving would take place on the second to last Thursday of November, adding a full week to the shopping calendar. Sixteen states, however, refused to move the date, and for two years, a third of the country celebrated Thanksgiving a week after the rest of the country. So in October 1941, Congress reached a compromise. It passed a resolution declaring the fourth Thursday in November to be Thanksgiving. This kept it as the last Thursday in most years, unless November happened to have five Thursdays. That way, the holiday shopping didn't get too small without pushing it so far up the calendar in November. Once that pattern was set, The Friday after Thanksgiving started to take on a character of its own. Workers began to call in sick on Friday in order to have a four-day weekend. In 1951, the journal Factory Management and Maintenance began to refer to this phenomenon as Black Friday, a reference to the Panic of 1869. Friday also became a huge shopping day, of course, and police in Philadelphia and Rochester, New York, began referring to Black Friday as well because of the crowd management, because there's so many people. But the reference didn't become common. 
The New York Times first called the Friday after Thanksgiving Black Friday in its November 29th, 1975 issue, referring to the traffic in Philadelphia. But even as late as 1985, the Philadelphia Inquirer was reporting that merchants in Cincinnati and Los Angeles didn't know the term Black Friday. Meanwhile, merchants were trying to avoid the connotations of panic and disaster that referring to an 1869 stock market crash was. As early as November 28, 1981, the Philadelphia Inquirer picked up an explanation put out by merchants that, no, 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 it was called Black Friday because it's when retailers got in the black. You know, red ink was for when you lost money. Black ink was when you were profitable. It's Black Friday. It puts us in the black. By the late 1980s, the term had gained wide acceptance. Retailers across the U.S. began advertising Black Friday sales. More companies began to just give in and give workers Friday off, since they were going to call in sick anyway. And by the mid-2000s, the day had inspired Cyber Monday, when workers coming back to work in their offices with their computers and high bandwidth would shop for deals online. Giving Tuesday was a counter-celebration to encourage people to spend their money on charities instead of products. That all changed in 2020. The lockdowns, because of COVID, caused a lot of people to shift to online shopping on all the days, whether it was Friday, Thursday, Monday, or otherwise. And by 2021, the Black Friday sales were no longer limited to Friday. The prevalence of U.S. retailers in the online market has also caused the promotion of Black Friday sales outside of the United States, even in countries that do not have November Thanksgiving holidays, which is all of them. Only the U.S. does that. Some countries even promote Black Week or Black Month sales. The success of Black Friday sales may have also inspired Alibaba to co-opt a dating holiday in China called Singles Day, November 11th, to be a big sales day, which has now passed Black Friday as the largest shopping day in the world. And of course, you can't do a discussion of Black Friday without mentioning the Steely Dan song. Steely Dan wrote a song called Black Friday, released in 1975, just as the New York Times was picking up on that phrase in its post-Thanksgiving context. Steely Dan was writing about the 1869 panic, but its words could apply to both. When Black Friday comes, I'll collect everything I'm owed. And before my friends find out, I'll be on the road. I hope you appreciate the probably unintentional double meaning in that phrase. And I hope you know a little more about Black Friday. Know a Little More is researched, written, and hosted by me, Tom Merritt. Editing and production provided by Anthony Lamos in conjunction with Will Saddleberg and Dog and Pony Show Audio. It's issued under a Creative Commons Share Attribution 4.0 international license. Dog and Pony Show Audio. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.